0: podcast i'm bobby i'm amanda in a lineup i definitely look
1: like the guilty one i'm just (laughs) (laughs) i i just like um i I remember when oj they put him on the cover of every magazine in the world and people uh, compared like the, the exposure they did some like some publication had him super dark like like an evil villain, you know? And other ones were like, shine them as a light. Anyway, I have no light on me, so I'm very dark and I look very suspicious. Especially with my, uh, what is this, um, airplane jumping goggles that I wear.
2: Yeah, your goggles.
0: <laughs> yeah. You have the dramatic lighting. You're like, only lit on one side.
1: It's true. You know who wears these? Fucking, I'm not proud of it, too. Um, Steven Seagal. The fucking yellow oh. yellow version. Guy, he's such a douchebag. <laughs> I, I, was, I went to the Thomas so Church, I was like, give me the golf special,
0: dude. Oh, that's my what goodness. I'll take. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Well, it's just gonna be us three this week. Uh, Nick, uh, first of all, we're recording this on Monday night. Actually, oh it is Monday night. Okay. Yeah. I got a whole nother mm-hmm. day to post this. Great, thank God. Uh, but yeah, we're recording this on Monday night instead of Sunday. Uh, Because we have spent all weekend in Los Angeles. Christian, in fact, is on his flight back to Canada from Los Angeles. Um, So that's why he's not here. And Nick has D&D on Monday nights. And apparently that's more important than this.
1: (laughs) It's his campaign finale. So I guess it's a big night or something huh. Yeah. Mm.
2: yeah and then I was uh I was in Oregon all last weekend visiting my best friend and going hiking and falling and fucking up my legs so it's it's been a good good time you okay <laughs> yeah I'm all right you I go to just work uh and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's I I didn't I guess I shouldn't have said fucked up my leg like as if I broke it in a cast or something like that. No, I took a fucking tumble and like I I did bang up my knee pretty bad and scraped it up pretty good. And then uh, I rolled my ankle. But it's I'm good. It's yeah. Like it just hurts, but it's okay. It's going to heal. It's healing quick.
1: It's always the lower extremities with you.
2: Yeah, that's very true. I've got um, I've got shit feet, guys. That's really what it is, is that I've got shit feet. Uh, you know, yeah, because with DLG Con, I cut my toe the one time. I hurt myself a lot. Yeah, I'm very klutzy. So, <laughs> so there we are. There's that. And uh, but you know, this isn't a let's, uh, you know, air out our weekend. This is a video game podcast. And so uh, you guys want to talk about some video games that we've been playing?
0: Let's do it. But first, let's talk about some games that are on our radar. So games that have come to our attention. And I think the big hit this week that everybody's talking about is a little game called Battlebit Remastered. They call it Battle Bit Remastered, but I don't know... I don't know why the remastered is in the title i i don't think this is a remake of an old version of a game maybe it is i don't know but this is a low poly multiplayer fps and everybody is saying this is it's made by three developers so i think it qualifies as an indie game but people are saying this is like the best battlefield game you've ever played it's like gone back to the roots and it It accomplishes everything that these AAA studios have lost sight of over the years. Uh, So people are really excited about it. There are over 75,000 people playing this game right now, which is incredible. I mean, that's a huge player base. This game just came out on June 15th. There's been a bunch of articles about it. You take one look at it, and it looks very Minecraft, even worse graphics than Minecraft. So it's, it's easy to... Be suspicious that this isn't a very good game, but the core gameplay apparently is just right on the money, and people are absolutely loving it. Up to two hundred fifty-four players on a server. Um, yeah, for I, fifteen
1: bucks. For fifteen bucks, it's worth the risk, and and the risk is also mitigated by the reviews and yeah, you know, all the clout. It's getting ninety percent positive, twenty-five thousand reviews. I mean, fifteen bucks.
0: Fifteen bucks, no season pass, no pay to win, uh, n- n- not a lot of junk in this. Just a flat fee, and there you go. There's the game. So, yeah, it's nice to see see that once in a while. Um, That's pretty I, cool. I, I may pick this up. I was a huge Battlefield fan. I loved Battlefield, um, Call of Duty, not so much. Battlefield was always my jam. But uh, yeah, we talked too. about this recently too. Like uh, after four, I just. I didn't really like the direction they were going, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it either, but I just, I kind of lost interest in the series. And I still, from time to time, will go back and play three or four, and a lot of people are still playing those ones. Um, Even in BattleBit Remastered, they advertise on the Steam page, they say they have Levolution, which was the big selling point, I think, in, in four. Four was the Levolution one. Yeah, it's uh, a lot easier I to mean, do when is... the building is literally three giant pixels. Yeah, you can just break it apart. <laughs> well, I mean, destructible environments are always a part of Battlefield. I mean, going back to the older ones, like they, there was always like a roof you could blow off or something. But it got a, a lot more realistic as as the games went on. But I'm, yeah, I this... will
1: fight you on one thing, Bobby. This is way better graphics than, than uh, Minecraft. Minecraft really. Has those, Mine has no cr- curves. There's no curve services.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess. But I, they've done so much with Minecraft in, in mods and also on uh, the, what are they called? The lighting with RTX. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you it,
1: install mods and, and texture packs, yeah, you can yeah. make it look good, for sure. But uh, just vanilla, this looks better. Ooh, those I, I ground know. textures are rough. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, a it's, but yeah, this, this is exciting. Yeah, and I like, you know, I, I think this makes it a little easier uh, as far as the visibility uh, or the legibility of of the game. When I played Battlefield, I used to always take this modification for the tank that would give you this almost like an infrared view. And it was so much easier to see players with that because the characters are kind of hard to discern from the environment sometimes. And you're just looking for like that pixel that just doesn't look right, you know, so I, I don't know. I kind of appreciate Yeah, exactly. It's camouflage. It's part of the game. But I, I do appreciate that uh, this being so blocky and so simple is a little more legible than that.
1: Yeah. um it, And it's early access, so it's only going to get better unless they make some huge mistakes, which we have seen. There has Absolutely. been popular games that were doing well in early access. They do some crazy shit and lose their player base. Hopefully, hopefully these guys don't do that.
0: Yeah. Or sometimes it just hits it. It's peak and then people lose interest and they that's can't keep too. up with enough updates to keep people playing. Yeah, but it's true. I yeah. feel
1: like if uh Diablo wasn't out this part, this player count would probably be doubled right now.
0: Yeah, it's true. Mm. Yeah. Although big what difference count, fifteen yes. bucks and a hundred bucks. Oh, that was
1: Battle Bit Remastered on Steam.
0: Battle bit remastered. All Days, right.
1: did you um play uh these demos or these are demos that you want to play
2: oh so yeah i'll, I'll bring it i'll bring it in uh next fit next fest uh happened if you're listening to this when we released the episode then you just missed it uh if you're watching it live it's still going on tonight and so yeah next fest uh is always a wonderful thing that they do on steam where they celebrate like upcoming games where you have all these demos uh we did have a like thread going uh, about all the different games that people are playing with Next Fest and how they felt about it. Um, and so, yeah, it had gone from June 19th to June 26th, and I played some games. Um, the ones that I put on my On the Radar, I played because I liked them a lot. There were a few that I played that were kind of like, eh, whatever. But um, the two that like kind of stood out to me... Uh, That I'm going to talk about is the first one is Leica, aged through blood. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Um, This one like really stood out to me because of a few things. Um, One, I love the art style. I think it's very cool. It's very gory. It's very detailed. um, It's very colorful. It's such a cool. Story as well, so far, and an interesting mechanic. So, you are a like Mother Coyote, and you're like this warrior who is riding on a dirt bike, and you use the dirt bike to like deflect bullets and you also shoot people off of it. So the entire game is like a side scroller of you riding around and kind of doing different jumps. It's it's more complicated than I thought it was going to be and I I definitely wish I had a controller. I feel like a controller this is the kind of game or Steam Deck. Like this would be a Steam Deck game that would be first day bought for me if I had a Steam Deck. Cuz it's really good and the storyline is so far pretty solid and nice. It's like um yeah, they call it a western inspired Motorvania set in a post apocalyptic wasteland. So cool, cool. It's really fucking cool. And it was really fun to play. Like I said, it just started getting too complicated on the keyboard and mouse and I was like, "Oh man, I kept like fucking up." And <laughs>
1: it's just Do you like, not have one, Days?
2: I have a controller, but it's kind of a hassle to set up. Um
1: yeah, to what do be you have?
2: honest, which I what it really is, is that this laptop is getting old and hardware is starting to die on it. Like I don't, I don't have Wi-Fi. I have to Ethernet in. <laughs> so, you know, it's just it's uh, about that time. It's you know, it's past three years old, and for a gaming laptop that you run VR on consistently, like oh yeah, it's yeah, it, yeah I'm running this bitch into the ground. That's for sure. But, but now um, that
1: um now that you're you're gonna settle down a little more, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so I um, should be able to invest in an actual battle station, which is what I've got. Like a
1: desktop Sick. Oh yeah.
2: Yep, that's what I'm getting next.
1: Roughly um, do you think build your own
2: or pre Oh I'd love to build my own. Yeah. yeah. I'm aiming to build my own for sure. Awesome. Um, yeah, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be fantastic. But anyway, going back to uh what what is this? Age through blood. You know, I will I will say I was really drawn in by this being called Leica and the creature looking like a dog. I it looks to me more like a dog than even a coyote, but it is a coyote, is the main protagonist. However, it's really interesting. So Laika, it comes from, there is there is a dog, or was a dog, that was the only dog astronaut. And it was like The Russians had sent up, I can't remember um, when, in like in the fucking 50s or something. Yeah. They set up a dog up into space. And um, they knew it wasn't going to, Survive, but uh, is the first living creature to be launched into Earth orbit, um, which was on November 3rd, 1957. And so it's this almost kind of like it's a, a mutt dog that it is, but it almost has like some terrier, I think, in it or something. But yeah, Laika was a real dog that they sent up into space as the first living creature to be launched into orbit. And so I thought that that was a really fascinating thing i guess i don't really know there's a lot of like similarities so maybe i'm just you know fantasizing that there's a connection but to me there's a connection and so <laughs>
1: I, bet there is. I bet there is you know
2: but i thought that that was such a cool game and it like i said it's fun i definitely uh i definitely recommend uh at least checking out the demo or the game but i mean it's not out yet so that's also why it's on my radars because it is not going to be officially out yet but it was on next fest Cool. Uh, I can go into the other one of Next Fest that I really liked, uh, which was Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew. And this game is it's pirates, so we know that Bobby's a little at least intrigued. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's um Yeah, he's he's curious, he's listening. Uh it is a tactical RPG and more of a stealth one. And to me this game kind of played a little bit more like Weird West, um, which I did enjoy. It's certainly fun and it definitely gets chaotic once the alarms get raised by you. And it's it's pretty dope. It's got definitely like a very Davy Jones feel of you being more of like, you know, the swashbucklers and pirates and kind of bad guys in a sense since you're the cursed crew. But it's um, so far, I thought it was a really fun game. And they had a really cool mechanic that was a fast keybind for saving where you're at. Which was like if you held down F5, then you created this kind of like soul gem which Hmm. then if you hit f8 you would break it and then reload instantly to where you were just last so i thought that that was kind of like a fun mechanic for how like how quickly you could jump between quick save and load which is super nice when you're doing a stealth and like a tactical kind of turn-based rpg that is so centered on stealth but i thought it was visually really beautiful and it looks uh and it played in a very fun way but it did remind me a lot of weird west is that something you think you'll pick up, or? I think if it's Game Pass game, I'm for sure getting it. Um, I, and to me, I'd have to see the price. Like, I wouldn't want to pay more than twenty dollars for it. But that's partly just because with stealth-specific tactical turn-based game or tactical RPGs. I'm like kind of iffy on because it quickly I start getting super stressed out and like I don't like to play games that stress me the fuck out because I I come home to relax and play video games Yeah, for sure flip out weirdly enough though like tactical RPGs are calming to me. Um, but when you add the survival element to it, that's when I quickly like start getting stressed. Cause it's just like, as soon as one dude sees you and raises the alarms and everybody's looking for you and then I'm like, Oh geez. And I'm running around and it's <laughs> fucking freaking me out. And so like, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't particularly love that. So I wouldn't want to pay a bunch of money to, to feel stressed out. So to me, it's like, if it's more than $20, probably not. Gotcha. So, it's going to be released on August seventeenth, and that is Shadow Gambit: The Cursed Crew.
1: I'm going to say I'm going to go ahead. And, we should, we should do a little when Christian is here. We should, like when we do this, we should guess what the price is going to be, and then we'll tally it, you know, and see who does the best at the end of the year.
2: DLG Price is Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you for reminding me of Next Fest. I actually did get to play one game this week, and you reminded me. It was Wizard with a Gun. And that was um, on that Net- next fest. Um, so I, don't know, I think I probably played for about two hours, and this thing is dripping with style, and it's so cool. Um, I wa- the whole intro cinematic is so cool. I just sat through the whole thing, enjoyed it, and then when the game starts, it. Um, I mean the the comparison to Don't Starve has to be there. I mean it looks almost exactly the same as far as the the view and the world is kind of like that but it's improved in almost all ways um the graphics look better than the don't starve the action is better and it is a crafting survival game but um there are a lot of additional factors so you do have a home base that is outside of the dimension that you're like trying to rescue so there's no bad guys at your home dimension so you go back there you work on things you get it more powerful then you go back and um there's a time mechanic so you're kind of going back in time before shit got destroyed or during it when it was and you're trying to fix things to try to like correct the timeline i think i might be off on all of this but it's some, something to do with time, and every time you go out of your dimension, you're going to the past. And then um, you could try to get some certain things done, but you only have so much time before you have to get back to the portal. And, um, yeah, you're crafting spells that are attached to guns. So you get a gun. like the, Your first gun is like a wooden gun. I think that's what it's called. You chop down a tree and you make a wooden gun. Which doesn't sound
0: very powerful, but you're a
2: wizard. Oh, Bobby so you, loves that, I'm sure. Yeah. How many trees does he have to chop it, down? It
0: all starts with chopping down a tree every game. Yep.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. But I wonder why uh, Why wizards having guns. Like, Bibliocasm uh, well, says, why do wizards even need guns?
1: You enchant the bullets. So you can enchant them with, like, frost, fire... You know, lightning, different things, uh, time, some sort of time thing, plasma, cool. poison. And so, yeah, that's why your wooden bullets do anything at all, because they're they're enchanted, I guess. But that's as far as I got. Anyway, music's great. Sounds are great. Looks so cool. Um, I am a fan, for sure. Way more than I was at Don't Starve. Don't Starve was more like, stay alive, because everything wants to kill you. And this one, you can fight back, and the fighting back is fun, so... Thanks for reminding me. That's Wizard with a Gun. We also talked about Leica Aged Through Blood, and Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew. Um, besides that, um, this is one we talked about before, Mythforce. Uh, Bobby, I think just on nostalgia, this is kind of like a buy for us. So it's like an 80s cartoon. It looks like an 80s cartoon. We've talked about it before, but uh, I think it's coming real soon. Um, it's a first-person co-op uh, adventure. I don't, I don't think it's a looter shooter. Um, it doesn't say much. Um, I saw a little bit of one. it's all melee-based. Um, you do have like your uh, characters and that have uh, their special abilities, but yeah, the whole thing just looks like an '80s T cartoon. It looks awesome. It looks like He-Man or something. Um, of course, just a look like this isn't enough to carry the game. Like you actually have to have a good game here. But they're starting off on their fucking right foot. I'll tell you that, man. It's a fuck. It fuck reminds me of like uh, Thundercats, uh, He-Man, Ninja
0: Turtles. What was the game that had this type of animation? They made two of them. There was a space one and a um. Ace. Ace. Ace was the space one. Space one. Yeah.
1: And then um, Dragon's Lair.
0: Dragon's was... Lair. Yeah. The games looked amazing, but they weren't very good. You had to input like... It's so dumb. A certain like, you know, up, down, left, right, in order to avoid getting killed. And it was not obvious what you were supposed to do in, in these games. I think even in Stranger Things, there's like, in one of the seasons... The the kids are playing it. No, it was
1: obvious, Bobby, what uh, you were supposed to do. It's lose your bank account is what you (laughs) were supposed to do. Yeah, it
0: was supposed to drain kids of quarters. I remember trying to play that game. There was even one, the arcade that I had, had this really futuristic one that was like 3D. Not even 3D, but had holograms in it. It was like a Western one. I I think I I did enough searching, and I found this game once, and now I've forgotten it again. But I have to find out what that was. I feel
1: like I also saw Dragon's Lair in that hologram version
0: as well. And they have Dragon's Lair on Steam. I think I have it. But uh, yeah, the game is just, as far as gameplay, it's just not that great. Yeah, they have the Dragon's Lair trilogy. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's crazy. But anyway, this is a full-fledged game that looks just as cool. So, hopefully, they pull it off. Um. Let's see. The developer is Beamdog, and they've made The Boulder's Gates, Um, and Never Winter's Nights, eyes and Allies. They've made some games before, but yeah. Wow. They, I, oh, they made Torment. That's like a very. Good, but these are all very slow, not fast-moving games. Um hopefully hopefully they pull this off. A tall order. Yep. Um all right. What else we got here? Echo Point uh Dova. So this is kind of like I mean the description that I read was like uh Doom and Tony Hawk uh with something else, I don't know. But um yeah, uh, because you're you're on a hoverboard and so you it, it, for me, when I was watching the video, it reminded me of uh, tribes. Um, there's a lot of verticality. The There's just like, you know, the world doesn't make any sense. There's just floating islands everywhere. And you're really flying through these things between your, you have a grappling hook, you have a rocket pack, and you have this hoverboard. And you're just fucking flying through this shit, man. And it's co-op. So, you and a buddy can go through this crazy, crazy world and kill a bunch of mobs. Um, w- the Doom part comes in the gameplay. The ga- I mean the gunplay, it you know it's not super involved. It's like point and shoot. Thing dies. Um, guns didn't look super interesting, and the sound for for some reason is like from Doom. Just like what? Just like you know, like eight bit audio i think they were trying to pay homage or whatever it seems like it's all over the place but it also seems like it might be fun uh it has a demo like
2: so much fun yeah. i i'm super down yeah i'm i, <laughs> I just mean, i'm downloading the demo right now right <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is um, awesome
1: there is destructibility as well i saw him pull out a hammer and just go through a wall to get away from a bad guy so yeah days That's is so awesome. on board <laughs> Cool, awesome. That's Echo Point Nova. Um, What else do we got? Dude, guys, guys, dudes. 33 Immortals. It's a game. Uh, Okay, you know what Monster Hunter did to, like, fighting bosses with your buddy? Now that's what this game is doing with, like, like, Uh, like an MMO version of that. So 33 co-op players online fighting raid bosses all together. So, but without all the RPG and without all the outside world and the MMO part, it's just the action part. So you get as many friends as you can together. You jump in, you can go fight big ass bosses. You can fight wave survival. You can do all kinds of fucking shit. Um, now, the the downside of that is the characters don't look like they have a ton of variety. Like you have your archer, you have your swordsman, you have like a big axe or whatever. I don't know how you build your character or anything like that. Or maybe you just select which one you like the most. But jumping right into a raid without all the other fluff, that doesn't that sound cool to anybody else
0: but me? No? All right. <laughs> cuts out the boring part i can i can see the appeal of that
1: yeah i think it's fucking cool we'll see how it does um it's an xbox exclusive i think day one on game pass so game Game pass which means everybody's gonna have it and it's 33 co-op that's that's a
2: oh see that would be cool yeah fuck yeah get a whole game night going with that
1: that's 33 immortals all right now we're jumping over to i guess that's it cool
0: yeah So let's jump over to highlights, games that we have played. Um, I guess we should talk about what we were doing in L.A. So that was uh, Emilio, Christian, and I all went up to Los Angeles. Well, Christian actually went down. He flew in from Canada. And we went to the Game Awards 10-year concert. Uh, This is for the 10-year anniversary of the Game Awards, which it's hard to believe it's been that long. Um, They were having a uh, a concert at the hollywood bowl which is a huge venue it was my first time ever going to this i couldn't believe how big it was we had i've never good been seas. to a venue like that man it was an outdoor venue and it was i think they had designed it for people to show up early eat dinner because they had these pods where you sit and there's like a makeshift table that they eventually take away but um, the concert was really good they played a lot of music from very popular games that had won lots of awards at the Game Awards uh, from God of War from uh, Diablo which you know is very recent Um, and some
1: games that haven't come out which you know people weren't oh yeah Starfield yeah yeah and Spider-Man 2 Spider-Man 2 which I think
0: out of all the music I think the first they they played two uh, tracks from Spider-Man I think one I don't play those games but Uh, The first one that they played, I thought, was really good. Um, Probably the highlight of the whole thing, at least for me, and I think for most people, was Jack Black. Well, Tenacious D showed up uh, in the middle, and they sang that song, Video Games, which is a new song that they've made. I think somebody posted it in Discord a while back. Uh, Really funny song, if you haven't seen it. And of course, you know, they've just got a lot of stage presence. It was really funny. Um, And then at the end... Uh, when it was all over, he came out in his King Koopa outfit, and uh, somebody came out started playing the piano, and he sang that Peaches song from uh, <laughs> from Super Mario Bros. And you know, of course, he's just like all over the stage, rolling around, and he's jumping on the piano. Um, it it he's was a great show. In Life, man.
1: Like, yeah. To fucking command that many people, he's one. He's one dude that's like five eight, and he's just like. Awesome. total control of the it's crazy it's crazy it's
2: cause it's Jack Black man
1: yeah it's Jack Black beaches, mm-hmm. beaches, beaches, beaches everyone, everyone in, walking out of that place was singing that song everyone it yeah. was awesome um, yeah I think you know um, what's his name Bobby that puts all this together
0: uh, Jeff Keeley. so he Jeff hosted Keely. the event
1: he knows how to get things done and the way you think get things done is with money, and the way you get money is do advertising. So, that's why I think he had the Starfield in there, and he also had like games that hadn't come out because you know you got yeah somebody's got to pay for all this. Well, and right?
0: I think what surprised me, and I, I don't know why it surprised me, but there were a lot of industry people here. So we we're sitting down, and after a it's while, true. I started noticing, um, I, I started noticing people wearing shirts like uh, dev team shirts for spider-man or um uh there was like the game director from the last of us there and they played uh, a song there and they had this guy who was on a uh, like a banjo or a l- this little guitar that uh, was really impressive um but yeah you there was
1: gustavo a- dude gustavo fucking tore down the house too man yeah that he, was
0: a big moment i think
1: he uh i don't think he's ever played I, it was My guess that he's never played with a full orchestra behind him before. He's like an older gentleman, and he looked like he was having more fun than the people in the audience. Like he enjoyed it so much, it made it so enjoyable and real, you know. Yeah, I got caught up in the moment a little bit, man. I was, I got emotional a couple times. That's awesome. It was very cool.
0: It was a good performance. Yeah, they had a Hogwarts. uh, They played a song from Hogwarts Legacy too. I think uh, we sent that to you days, but yeah. uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, we did a bunch of other stuff while we were in LA and of course Christian was down in San Diego. We took him to Tijuana and uh Rosarito and um yeah, it was it was a good time. So we did a little more outside of the concert, but the concert definitely was good. Um it was uh it was an experience. And you know, we've talked about going to the game awards before. Um I still think that would be really fun to do. And I know that's in kind of a different venue. And I don't think it's very expensive to go, but, um, it is,
1: it made me want to go to that more for sure.
0: It it is weird being around so many industry people, like a lot of these people who work at these, uh, these companies and they all know each other too. Like so many of them were coming over and saying hi to each other we seem to be like in the middle of all of them. Like I swear we were in the middle of all of it. Somebody was out there in a crash bandicoot outfit too. And it was just, it was a good time, man. It, it was yeah. fun. You yeah, should sure. have
2: been wearing your DLG shirt. <laughs> we should have, DLG yeah. bump. <laughs>
1: I don't, yeah. That was a missed opportunity, for yeah. sure. Um, if you want some DLG merch, you can go to dlgaming.net, and uh, from there, you can find all kinds of stuff. Links to our Discord, uh, pretty, pretty pictures of us. To, if you, you want to put uh, faces to the voices. Um, you can find uh yeah our merch button patreon button all kinds of buttons all the, our old the, episodes the hardest button to button all, all they're all there um anyway yeah it was it was awesome um i would go to another one in probably a couple of years um if they did it again um maybe as it gets bigger they'll dude if they would have played skyrim i would have just cried like a baby you know <laughs> But uh, yeah, it wasn't about like
0: it was all... a lot of contemporary stuff, like yeah, a lot of games sure. that had very recently come out or had not even come out.
1: Yeah, yeah. and um, I had a great time in L A. Man, usually I say that I hate L A., but um, you know we we went to the La Brea Tar pit, which I've never gone to, and like when somebody's in town, you know, you do the things that tourists do, and a lot of times you don't do those things, but there's a reason people do them. Uh, we went to two museums there are a lot of free shit in LA a lot of almost everything was free you just go to museums for free it's fucking awesome um uh, you food, pay for
2: it and the traffic to get there dude oh yeah <laughs> time yeah. is money everything
1: <laughs> it's like how far is it oh it's 10 miles 45 minutes yeah. all right you know but it is what it is um but you got anything else on this Bob uh no I think that's it okay well I have my moving out correspondent coming in uh her name is Mila. She's been playing Moving Out on her Nintendo Switch, but it's also available on Steam. I looked it up because I'd never heard of it before, but it's like 90% so other people are enjoying it as well. Uh, it's 75% off right now. You can actually pick it up for like 6 bucks. I think she you bought it for how much? Like 6 bucks, right? Yep. All right. Do you want to tell the people about it? Oh, I said, "Where are your notes?" And she says, they're in my head, so if she forgets her notes, we're gonna keep her to it.
2: All right, <laughs> all right,
0: all right. Emilio moving out of the way here.
1: Not
0: to
3: touch anything. <laughs> right hi, here. hi, hey, Mila. Uh, moving out is a really good game, it has its like its good and a bad like if you can see in the other screen of moving out it's like having a ghost there you get to like slap it and everything you also get to have like a very very much amounts of um of levels it's really amazing um you really get to start off with the easy ones as you can see you get to do two people to throw things but you could also do it as a solo you could also buy like other things outside the game, just like the employee of the month, or like the vacation one. I got the vacation one and it's really good. It has like these element things, like the water of element, the water of the element of wind or something. It's really good, really good. But one thing that I do not support is about like how they make the characters so weird to move like if you're holding a chair and then like you're trying to move it back into the truck it's like weird because you're like falling all around you can't really control it as much as you can but it's still a really good game of it
0: nice Nice. and you played this on the nintendo switch
3: yes i did
0: so does your dad let you play on his computer anymore or is that off limits
3: No, I only started on the Switch.
0: Okay, I think it's time for him to build you your own computer. That's what I think.
2: (laughs) It's true. Uh,
3: Yeah, maybe. you know what? I
2: second that. I agree with that. I think that's a great idea. Thank you. Uh I really hope he does.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mila. That was great.
2: (laughs) It was good seeing you, Mila. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) Bye cool so that was a moving simulator kind of like it It looks like uh what was it the cooking game overcooked
1: to yeah me. but for moving bit. into a moving van i guess yeah bunch of obstacles cool. and stuff uh, and it sounds like Good it's characters. uh what she means by jiggly body and things don't want to go your way it's a fumble core it sounds like a little bit mm-hmm. yeah yeah
2: yeah, I, I like the that. irony of that, too, you know? Like, uh, let's, make, let's make a moving simulator and make it really difficult to move. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: that is pretty good.
2: It's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> oh, I
1: lied earlier. It's 84%. But that's still pretty good for a $6 game. Yeah. Especially a co-op, co-op that works.
2: That would be a fun Switch game as well, you know?
1: Yep, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and Diablo.
2: Full yeah more. i'm still playing a lot of diablo <laughs> yeah Nor <are> we
0: all.
2: <laughs> i know yeah and it's so wild to me because i feel like such a a granny both in uh how i have to move physically slow these days and then also too how slow i'm moving in this game because i'm only in like act two and now yeah i feel like bobby's just sitting there being like oh my god like you're not you're not even 10% in. Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the first three acts take a long time. They, the last three go very quickly. And I think you get the mount uh, at the end of act three. So right. that really speeds things up. But the last couple acts go quick. There's six acts and the last three are, are a lot quicker. Um, the, the second one I want to say is the longest too. Uh, But yeah, I've been playing a ton of this too. I actually found a a loophole where you can reset Nightmare Dungeons and it's the most effective way to level up because I'm I'm like 94 and a half. So I'm just like... I was just going
2: to ask what level are you? And of course you've you've found like basically the game shark of the fucking game, dude. You're just like, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to sit here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the (laughs) problem is, I mean,
0: that's existed before. A lot of the people in the Discord are posting to group up for Burrows or Champions to mod or whichever is the latest like best one to run in in farm xp and i haven't done that up until this point just because it's so boring it's just like nauseatingly boring um but i'm i'm so close to the last couple levels that i really just want to get those and then focus on the gear so i've just been putting on a bunch of podcasts and just trying to plow through it when i have the time but sounds like fun dude It
2: sounds like a blast. I have so much to look forward to. (laughs) That is kind
0: of something I hope they address at some point. It's just like that to level up, they have talked about how they're going to fix this, but I don't know how soon. So the idea is that you get to the higher levels and you push further and further on the nightmare dungeon. So you try to run, like for instance, I can clear level 53, I think is the highest I've solo cleared. Um, but it is not—it's not beneficial for me during the leveling up phase to just push the higher and higher nightmare dungeons. Your XP maxes out when you uh, when the enemies are three levels above you. So it doesn't matter if they're three levels or if they're thirty levels above you. You get the same XP for killing them. So there's really no point. And if you're just trying to level up in pushing super high nightmare dungeons except if you want to get gear but uh, you it it's just not worth it the levels are more important so i think that's something they're going to adjust a little bit later so the end game's a little bit better Uh, hopefully they get to it by the time um you get there
3: but the campaign is
0: good they're really trying to force people through the campaign and you know i i I can understand that they're i guess I, i didn't play much of Um, Path of Exile but I think they're trying to make it a little bit more like that and not just the insta grind fest that Diablo 3 was but they're trying to keep some of that too because that's what a lot of people want Yeah. yeah.
2: It seems like they took a lot of the good stuff from Diablo 2 being like the story and um, I would argue the Druid (laughs) and then some of that stuff. But then they added like a lot of the things too that were great about Diablo 3. I don't know. To me, this is the best Diablo. Would would you agree with that?
0: I never played Diablo 1 or 2, which is crazy. I went over to a friend's house once, and he was playing Diablo 2, and he was really into it. And then he showed me, like, all the cheats and the hacks, and he was like, oh, I can level up super fast. And for me, it just kind of seemed like, oh, what's the point? But um, I never really played that one. I I really enjoyed Diablo 3, but that was way later in its life. I played it when it first came out, beat it, and was like, okay, I'm done with this game. And then years and years later, I picked it back up and and got into the whole min-maxing thing. But I, even though I haven't had a lot of experience with all the other games, like I'm definitely enjoying Diablo 4 more than the ones that I have played. So, I'd say yes.
1: I'd say it's the best one easily. I, yeah. think. I think so, too. It's for accessibility and how easy it is to group up with anybody, play yeah. anytime.
0: I am kind of getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm getting a little bored of it. But I'm thinking Christian got the game. He got a copy of it. I'm thinking of starting a new character and playing with him.
2: Ooh, you could just you come go.
1: down with our, us plebs, dude, and help us through our quests and level up. You know, get XP that way. But that would be hanging <laughs> out with other humans, so I don't. don't wanna...
0: No, <laughs> I can't. I play good. with people of the community. I've played with some of our members. I mean, we've got our DLG clan. I've I've totally <clears> been running some people through dungeons, helping them get XP. Nice. Um. Yeah, I just... I love our clan. I, I would like to try out a new class just to switch things up, but...
1: How about I, a different build, dude? How about just, like, getting I, off I warp am
0: pole? collecting gear to try out the hammer build, because the hammer build, you can do a ton of damage. I don't think the survivability is as great, and I think you do burst damage, and there's a lot of cooldown time, but... Um, i i think i don't know i think late game that's going to be the way to go because the whirlwind just doesn't put out a bunch of damage super tanky just not a lot of damage
1: uh days how are you liking your druid
2: i i'm enjoying the shit out of it i think after level 20 it actually starts getting really good and fun so i'm doing like a werebear pulverize so it's just like a lot of aoe and damage and um some of what i've been stacking and with gear has also made me a little more tanky and i'm playing with a necro so like it's it, we're really a great team um and so yeah i've been just uh just having a fucking blast but i have kind of playing it a lot differently i'm trying to focus a lot more on the story and kind of using it as like uh i don't know me and the the guy i'm seeing are playing it so we're going through the story together and going at our slow pace and working together trying to find like a good synergy one thing that kind of sucks is like he'll he so he's playing a necro and he'll um try and make all the enemies vulnerable which would be good for me to know because then I can come in and pulverize after he sends out like a miasma and a blight and it doesn't Like, it doesn't show on my screen that the enemies are vulnerable. So he Uh has to let me know when he does that. So that way, then I can come in and pulverize. Hmm. So I don't know. There's, like, some little things and stuff. Plus, too, I do feel like what's frustrating is, like, movement. So there's a lot of times where it's, like, I'll be clicking to fight some enemy and I'm just looking in the other direction. And it's, like, dude. (laughs) So I don't know if you guys have had that, but I'll have like cursor issues sometimes. I had
0: to make in a lot of these games. I have to make the mouse cursor as big as I possibly can. Also, if you hold shift, it'll hold your character in place. So they won't move and you won't accidentally click move. Um, And yeah, Yeah. vulnerability is, so it's easy with the barbarian because I, I have an ability, I think through my Paragon board where like the minute I touch them with any attack, they're vulnerable for three seconds. So it's pretty obvious When I do it, but vulnerability um, is the best thing that you can get in this game. It's the most effective or most important stat. Definitely for the Barbarian, I assume for other classes because there's um there's these things called damage buckets, and I'm getting like pretty specific here, but I'll just give a brief explanation because I know a lot of people are playing this, so like the damage buckets are some damage is additive, which means they add up, and other damage is multiplicative, which means they multiply, so vulnerability and crit strike damage. And uh, are in different damage buckets. That means they multiply. And then all those other stats, like ten percent increased damage or fifteen percent increased damage to your core skill, or like twenty uh, percent increased damage to close enemies. All that stuff is additive. They just add to each other. So really, for me, what I've been trying to focus on my gear is it's got to have crit strike damage, vulnerability damage and then ideally strength, and then a a damage modifier, like 10% damage or 10% core damage. So all those, and again, your base stats, those are in a different damage bucket. So if you have one of each of those, they all multiply by each other. Now you can switch it up with gear. Like, say you've got uh, one piece of gear that has uh, like something other than the other one. Uh, Like, I don't know. Just in general, for each piece of gear, it's best to have like those four things, like your whatever they call like your best stat for a barbarian it's strength. Um, and then vulnerability, crit strike damage, and then uh, whatever damage modifier, and then your your stat. If you have all, all of that on one item, that's like the best. And you can always so, reroll one of those stats. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to look for that when you're just, when you're getting gear. So overpower
1: is just garbage, Bobby, or?
0: Um, for a barbarian, it is. There's. Uh, well, the I don't know. Maybe great. It, maybe for a hammer build, it might be different. But for whirlwind, there's. I have zero value for overpower. So I, I don't know how that works for other classes. It might be different.
1: Gotcha.
0: I like it, it as the with you. the
2: druid because I, I do a lot of overpower with my druid right now. I do a lot of overpower and fortify. So, like, it allows me to decrease the amount of damage that I'm going to take through all the fortification spells and buffs and stuff that I have, uh, which is nice because that's the part that kind of makes me a little more tanky. And then the overpower is really nice for... um, Kind of has an effect of, like, I guess, like, just kind of stacking up the damage. But like I said, when I'm playing with that guy and he's doing... He's making all the enemies vulnerable like that's overpower is nice to go on top of that that's with us working together but it is a good um like pulverized angle for the druid is to have a lot more stats and overpower
1: mm-hmm. that is cool that you you're almost like building two characters because you guys are looking for synergies between are,
2: each other yeah we're we are literally like working trying to get our characters to work together to see how that is yeah Which is why we're playing it totally different than how, like, everybody else is, which has been kind of fun, but also kind of like, no, I don't want any spoilers. (laughs) We're both starting to get to the point where we're getting a lot of shit because everybody's getting to, like, Bobby level, you know? (laughs) We're just over here being like, we're just starting Act 2, woo!
0: (laughs) There is PvP in this game, too, which I haven't really messed with much, but I, I think that's cool that they're trying to incorporate that. That might be something that people start getting into late game, but... I don't know.
2: Depends. Yeah, that'd be fun.
0: All right. All right. I think that's a show. Yep. Top of the show, anyway. We got listener questions. We've got one sub, so quick shout out to Biblioclasm. Bibliocasm. 14 months. Thank you, dude. We appreciate it. Thank you. Always nice to get those subs. And we've got, we've got a pretty good amount of questions here. Um, I'll take a look at them. There might be some we want to uh, postpone until we have Nick and Christian back, Um, but I think we can answer most of these. So let's kick it off with Scram TX. He says, we know Bobby doesn't talk about the podcast to his coworkers, but has Amanda brought up the podcast to her new gaming coworkers? Mm. Mm.
2: I have, (laughs) yeah. Well, no, some of of them I have, like uh, my manager knows and my supervisor knows uh, because I'll just, I brought it up kind of just casually in there because I, I don't know like i feel like I feel like that'd be weird to like go into work and be like guys i'm kind of a big deal i'm on a podcast yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah you want it to naturally come up for
0: sure
2: <laughs> yeah and, it, and i mean it has because like people have talked about like what i did like what i do on sunday or something like that you know mm-hmm. what i mean or uh you think oh i was talking about you bobby your character in diablo 4 because there's a my supervisor was also talking about diablo 4 and doing a barbarian and so that's when I was able to kind of bring it up, you know, and he just kind of looked like, like, whoa, but nobody really, I feel like they don't care that much.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's the vibe.
2: I'm going to say the vibe I'm getting from the Pacific Northwest is that like, until you get to like, know somebody really well, like they're just whatever you do your own thing, <laughs> which yeah. I like, well, I think people that's will cool act thing.
0: interested, but they're not going to listen to like an hour and a half long podcast, you know, I've, I've found like that's that's asking a lot. Most people don't. A lot of people don't even listen to podcasts. So if you tell them like, "Hey, listen to this hour and a, hour and a half long audio clip of me." they're gonna be like yeah okay i don't know about that yeah right, right, right. i
2: just i just think it's different fields i i would absolutely argue the opposite for my field to be honest bobby really? like i listen to about eight hours a day of podcasts uh wow. so i'm in the boat which is why normally to me like i if anything i'd be a part of the camp of listeners here that would almost be pushing for us to have longer podcast and more content because i myself don't want to be touching my phone every like hour and a half hour i'm looking for like two or three Three hour long podcast, and a lot of my coworkers do the same. So, on one hand, but at the same time, I don't know. Right now, I kind of enjoy that like nobody listens to our podcast because it would be weird <laughs> being at work and then like somebody critiquing or making a comment. About, I don't know. I've never had that happen where like I've been at work and like a coworker listens to uh the podcast. So like I don't know, that'd be interesting. But I do I do try to put it I do put little D L G bumps out there like, hey, you wanna wanna take this?
1: (laughs) I uh about I don't know, four months ago they found out that I have a podcast and one of the girls started she's kind of like HR she started listening from episode one and I was like, no dude, there's,
0: Oh God.
1: I'm... I, yeah. I was saying all yeah, kinds it's... of shit, dude. I was drunk. Well, I'm always still drunk all the time, but <laughs> like I was saying crazy shit. I'm way tamer than I was then. And so I haven't, I haven't talked to her about it in a while because I don't want to be like, no, I stopped <laughs> listening, but, uh, I'm sure she stopped listening. Yeah. Maybe around the time that I was, uh, so drunk i couldn't i couldn't do the voices i was trying to do voices of characters you
0: all it was terrible Oof.
2: it was yeah. it was mega yikes that's where bobby started yeah and really uh birthed yikes, the whole did, yikes yeah
0: <laughs> the origin of the yikes origin all right, right yikes. next question from zap do you still pre-order games
1: super rarely but i did for super i mean i did for street fighter 6 I I knew it was going to be good just from what everybody was saying. And I was, and uh, you know, I, why not get the extra little bonus, whatever, if you know, I know I was going to buy it. There was no way I wasn't going to buy it. So Um, I think Bobby was in the same boat. I mean, before
0: that's the first game I pre-ordered since I, I, I talked about this recently. I think, was it battlefield four i might have pre-ordered doom 2016 i think that was my last pre-order yeah yeah
2: i yeah. pre-order quite a bit <laughs> oh you it's know still what i
0: think i pre-ordered conan uh not the Ex- not the exiles no not exiles um like unconquered uh and that was a bad call dude <laughs> I had such high hopes that was the uh, RTS game that turned into more of like a tower defense. And it was from some of the devs from the original, um, uh, God, why can't I think of that? The, the original RTS games command and conquer. Uh, wow. so I was like, Oh, this is obviously going to be fantastic. And then it wasn't, it wasn't that great. I, I kind of liked it actually, but it didn't catch on. So yeah, that Did was a Did you mistake.
1: pre-order, uh, first, uh, like, uh, triple a stuff or all kinds of stuff
2: uh i order a, a pre-order a mix like elder scrolls online always gets me yeah yeah like mm-hmm. i'll pre-order almost everything on Elder Scrolls. Online. is,
1: is neccon neccon is it called Necrom, Necron. yeah i pre-ordered that,
2: that i still haven't had time to play it yeah it came out literally the same day as diablo 4 and i was like well mm. fuck because i pre-ordered diablo 4 so you would think that like I would factor that in, but I, I totally forgot. I pre-ordered both and then was like, oh, well, Diablo 4 is my life now. So Necrom is still on my like perpetual on the radar because I want to play that. But I don't know. I don't have anything. Oh, no. Never mind. I pre-ordered Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, yeah. Wow.
2: Got to Yeah. <laughs>
1: Got to. I mean, I'm going to buy it if you get anything. If they're like, you get a balloon, I'll be like, okay, done. Because yeah. I'm going to buy it. There's no, yeah.
0: I think yeah, one of our, our first, ep- I think our second episode ever was called pre-fund, like refund, but pre, because uh, re- we were talking about refunding pre-orders or something like that.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> they like
0: they paid you into the, um, the pre-orders now by giving you early access to the game. So it's like, obviously I want to be a part of, you know, the day one experience. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: All right. Next question from general M a general MJH. This is a long one. My nephew and I recently finished playing Wasteland 3, which was a great co-op RPG. We started playing Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War, which I think is a a fantastic turn-based strategy game. One drawback is the game is fairly complex, which made introducing it to my nephew a little difficult. My questions are, how do you feel about tackling complex games? Have there ever been any complex games that you felt the time invested in learning them really paid off? Have there ever been any, have there been any uh, where, despite a lot of time investment, you still clearly didn't understand how to play? Uh, For me, Hearts of Iron 4 was a game I spent a lot of time trying to learn. Uh, As a longtime war gamer, I thought I would really like it. Unfortunately, after putting a lot of hours watching YouTube videos and reading wikis, I never felt I had a good grasp on how to best play.
1: Crusader Kings 2. I uh, watched an hour video on how to play it. And, I mean, completely lost. (laughs) Completely lost. I I didn't know what to do. Um, And I still, to this day, don't know what to do. I don't don't understand how to play those games. Um, And um, as far as the inverse of that, um, something that was hard to play that eventually... Yeah, I mean, I think like Binding with Isaac is so hard at the beginning. It's so daunting that it really doesn't start to reward you until you get good. It it can't be fun until you get good, and if you do, if you give up, you're not going to get good. And most people do give up, but you know, if you keep at it, eventually you start to learn these little tricks that you're edging the the things in your favor. You're not you're not just you're not you're never going to conquer that game, but you can start to, you know, weigh the dice in your favor a little bit more, but yeah, I would say that one.
3: Hmm.
2: Cool. Okay. For, uh, for me, the hard one that I put a lot of time in, but just could never really fully sink was a uh, Stellaris. Tried to learn Stellaris quite a bit, played it quite a bit, but like, I don't know. It's just, I can't hack that one. Um, but, yeah, the flip side of that, I feel like a lot of different um, RPGs kind of fall into that category. I would also say Wasteland 3 was like, oh, I, I really appreciate that. The way that I tackle, like, a complex game like that, just with anything that's incredibly complex, is it's just a little bit of time consistency, you know, or consistently, sorry. But it's consistency that's the key, I think, because when you chisel away at it... Um, I think that that's when it's kind of really rewarding and when you can really grasp that. I felt that way about Dividendia Original Sin 2. That was another one that uh, kind of was complex, but I played that every day. Or I would also argue that Escape from Tarkov is complex, and I additionally as well would spend like an hour or two at least every single day playing that, playing that with good people and getting good. And like, yeah, that's that's another way of approaching it. So to me, when you've got something... And that goes for even outside of video games, like when something is incredibly large to tackle and complex and difficult, chiseling away a little bit each day for a consistent amount of time really does wonders.
0: Well, the problem is if you stop playing, you forget how to play and you have to start all over again. So just never, stop playing, never
2: stop playing, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> never stop playing. <laughs> you
1: got some answer for this one, Bobby?
0: Um, I don't really play a lot of overly complicated games. I do remember one game I tried to play, and this is what usually happens. it, it I can tell it's going to be overly complicated, and I just stop playing. I'm, I lose interest. One in particular was by Larian Studios, in fact, and it was called Divinity Dragon Commander. It's not very well known, obviously. It's not nearly as popular as Original Sin, but it was kind of a real-time strategy game, but you also got to fly around on a dragon and like participate in the battle. But then there was this political side game to it as well. You had to make a lot of decisions and it affected a lot of things. I, there was a lot going on in the game and I remember I just could not figure it out. And I don't think the game did a, did a very good job of tutorializing me. Um, and I just got frustrated and quit playing. It was unfortunate because it, I think it had pretty good reviews. It looked really good And uh, I just didn't understand it. It seemed very foreign to me. It almost seemed like, uh, you know, like a Japanese game or something. It was just so different in its approach that I just, I don't know. I did not vibe with it. But, yeah, I I never even touched Crusader Kings 2. Um, I don't don't play a lot of, like, super complicated games. I don't find them very fun. A lot of times they just seem like a lot of work. And they can be fun. Uh you know especially
1: now uh, with my time being so limited mm-hmm. i don't have i don't have an hour to learn a game I really yeah. don't
0: if you have the time to invest, then i think I think it can be fun, but it's um you know it's a lot of work and the payoffs at the end, so that's just that's not really how I approach gaming anymore can't take it that seriously uh he has another question he says if he became financially independent. And did not have to work. How much of your new free time would you devote to PC game, uh, PC gaming? Would it change the types of games you play? And again, this is from General MJH.
1: Great question, dude. Um, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> I would play a lot more. Hmm. Um, probably not, you know, I still have kids and I still have uh, outside responsibilities. But yeah, it would probably go from, you know, one hour a day to probably like four, three or four if I could Um, and yeah and then that opens up more complex games like we just talked about I could get into first person shooters again like competitive ones because I I don't have time to get good and then maybe uh, in this you know new dream world (laughs) I would have time to get good Uh, yeah so I I could get back into those just because they're so much fun Um, but yeah right now I just completely write those off what about you guys
0: I don't know, man. I I feel like I make the time, I, even though I don't have much time. I still like make the time to yeah to dude, play the game. Four
1: comes out, and then all of a sudden you have twenty hours a week to <laughs> fucking.
0: It's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I I don't know if that's sustainable. Like if I can keep doing that, but um, w- when a game comes out that I really want to play, I do make the time. I don't know if that, like, if I had more time on my hands and like I just wasn't really into a game. I don't connect with games very often, like not like I do with like what I'm, what's happening with Diablo Four. Um, I don't know if having more time would change that either. Like, it's uh, maybe I'd, I'd like get really into WoW again, but I don't know. Like, I pick I. I I tried time and time again to get back into WoW. I reinstalled it like maybe two weeks ago or something. Started up a new character because they had this like 20 free days or something. And then immediately I was bored, just like instantly. As soon as I got into the game, I'm just like, I know exactly what's ahead of me. I can't do it, man. I don't yeah. have any interest. So I don't know. Amanda?
2: Yeah, uh, it would be my new job.
3: <laughs> so like
2: probably eight hours a day I'd be gaming. Yeah. I And you know, I did do that a little bit when I was in between assignments when I would travel some some games got I got lucky and was able to slide in in that beautiful moment of like having no job but being able to afford staying at home kind of waiting to get like a new travel assignment like during those periods like Valheim I put in a shitload of hours into Valheim because of the, from that and um trying to think tarkov definitely i was able to put in a lot of time because of being able to have that it'll be different now because yeah, now i'm not doing the travel stuff so i'd have to make the time as well so yeah in this world if i uh didn't have to work at all i probably would spend a lot more time gaming and so many hours getting stoned and chopping down trees that's exactly what i would be doing <laughs> Um, It would be Bobby's nightmare and my fantasy. Uh, (laughs) So I'd chop down all the trees and build like the most beautiful. I'd probably get super into arc. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's when it's bad is, yeah, crafting survival is exactly. I would love to have the time to tank into a crafting survival. That would be great. (laughs)
0: Awesome. (laughs) Wow. All right. Biblioclasm asks... If a DLG fan gets pregnant, do we describe them as having a DLG bump? Absolutely, yes.
2: When are you when are you getting pregnant, Emilio?
0: <laughs>
1: I already look pregnant. <laughs> Bobby saw the way I eat this weekend. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe if you just drink a lot of beer, there's a DLG bump there, too. Um, he had another question he put in chat earlier here. Uh, favorite podcasts after DLG? I don't know if that was directed towards chat or us, but that's a question we get asked sometimes. Like, what podcast do we listen to?
1: I just picked up Critical Role again. I love them, but I don't like waiting a week for the new episode. Mm-hmm. So I let a, a shit ton stack up, probably like. Thirty weeks and now I'm listening to all them so I could just listen back to back and they're four hours each so I got plenty of content
3: nice. but
1: uh I've been I've been bouncing back and forth between audiobooks so I'll let all the podcasts stack up and then, because I also like days I listen to probably four to six hours of podcasts a day and so you know you can knock this shit out pretty quick depending on what's going on that day um besides that Joe Rogan of course um, what else? Um, what can I do? oh, how, how stuff works. I really like them. They've they've been a, they're a goddamn national treasure, man. They really are. Just whatever you are interested in, or don't even know you're interested in, um, they will make it interesting. They're just two guys that are now complete masters at talking to each other and dumbing things down for us dummies.
2: Yeah, those are good ones. Um, For me, I really like listening to... I love Small Town Murder... Uh, I came from a small town, so to me, it's very hilarious to listen to two stand-up comedians just, like, ream the small-town police, because what they do is they talk about, like, it's a true crime podcast, and so, but it's done by two stand-up comedians, so it's honestly hilarious. They don't make fun of the murder or, like, the victim, or the victim's family. They will make fun of the murderer, or, like, the asshole that decided to kill somebody, and they will make fun of, like, bumbling idiots in the police force that, like, you know, shit on evidence and so it's really entertaining and it's usually like two and a half hours they very funny um they do whole like small town breakdowns which are kind of interesting they'll talk about like the festivals going on and like how much the housing costs out there to give you kind of like a whole scope of what kind of what you're dealing with in the country they set Um, the stage yeah they set the stage and they do a really good job i think it's a really solid podcast and awesome
1: what is that one again Dave?
2: That is Small Town Murder okay. with James Patrick Gallo and Jimmy Weissman. I
1: think but, so. I might
2: um, like that. Yeah, it's, it's good. They're funny. They're very funny. And then usually on Fridays, they do like a Murder Express is what they call it. It's just, it's just like a short train. It's like an hour long of just ones that didn't make a full episode, but they still want to cover a little bit. It's just wild, some of the shit um, that they'll talk about. Otherwise, I'm also a big fan of... Um, I like National Park After Dark, but that's because I really like national parks. And I like the two girls that talk about different. It's a whole wide range of things, but there's stories that happen in national parks or around them. They also go outside of the U.S. and cover national parks that are global. And it could be true crime. It could be a rescue mission. It could be people that work at the parks. It's a whole range of stuff. And so sometimes that's really fun and interesting, uh, the stories and the things that they bring up. And so I like that one a lot as well. Um, and then recently I've been really getting into um, the like what is it how did this get made because like I said Tag Loro yeah. and I we went across the country and we were doing this thing where we would watch a really shitty movie and then we would listen to how did this get made afterwards and that is very very fun I, I don't know if they made a how did this get made for the Goonies but that was the movie that I watched this past weekend because uh, I've never seen it never seen the Goonies uh, it's a oh, classic no. and now I'm in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest so it's like yeah, I should have should have watched it. I don't know. Growing up, that wasn't a it wasn't like a big movie that I think a lot of people watched. I don't know. Maybe I just missed that. But
1: did you like it as an adult?
2: Uh, I thought it was you know I thought it was funny like I mean it's it's yeah it's a classic but to me it's it's kind of that it's very dated I'll put it that way it's corny corny. shit it's very dated yeah Yeah. and so but that was perfect that's exactly the kind of movie that I wanted you know like same with Escanaba in the moonlight and uh, sleepaway camp like all of that shit is super old dated and hilarious like that's the kind of movies I want to be watching is the really dumb funny ones (laughs) so it's perfect (laughs) But yeah, what about you, Bobby? What a podcast you listen
0: to? It's just mostly movie podcasts. Uh, it's funny, my my list of podcasts have slowly pared down to just um, basically all movie podcasts now. And there's plenty more out there and really good ones, too. But I find it all ends up kind of being the same. So, you know, I've, I've just got the few that I listen to. How did this get made? I've been listening to that forever. That one's uh that's a great one. Um, if you're looking for the more serious side of that, so the, one of the hosts there, Paul Shear, he does another one called unspooled and that's more of uh, he does that with a movie critic and they look at good movies and talk about them. Um, and yeah, in Doug loves movies. I'm going to be going to a taping of that. He always comes down to San Diego during comic-con. So I'll be going to, uh, that live show. I think, uh, in July during comic-con, that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then of course, Conan got to listen to Conan a podcast it's so different these days because like every celebrity has got a podcast every comedian they're all professionally made it's not like it, it used to be um not great for us like uh we're still <laughs> you know uh, all the all the nobodies like us who are just doing like our own niche podcasts, it's um
2: gotta get jack black to feature us you know
0: yeah
2: <laughs> that'll be a, quite the real dlg bump <laughs>
0: All right. Next question from Pyronical. He says, "Show us the fourth photo on your phone." Ah, uh,
1: sure. I probably have something to do with this last
0: weekend. Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't I guess, take yeah. hardly any photos on my phone, <laughs> so mine are all mine is, super boring.
2: Mine's tacos.
0: Ta- a food, yeah. of course. Yep,
2: mine's a food. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, mine is something I've already showed on the podcast. It is a picture of when we went to DreamHack, and it is the Magic the Gathering areas. Not that exciting. Yeah.
2: Okay. Nice.
1: Uh,
0: mine is a video,
1: and it is from the concert. Uh, maybe you guys can hear. It oh my god, and... you guys
0: like filmed that entire concert. <laughs> Sam did. She, well, she did.
1: She was uh, thinking of specific people, so during the um. Uh, Harry Potter, She filmed it specifically for Days. For The God of War, that was specifically for Nicholas. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, let's see if we can get a little bit out of you. Whoa. Yeah, it was dope. That sounds like the Harry Potter one. Yeah. Yeah, that was a Harry Potter one. <laughs> um,
2: it was awesome. Yeah.
0: All uh, right.
1: Good question. I like that bionicle.
0: JX32 asks, how do you think Mario won the popularity contest against Sonic? On one hand, you have a cool blue hedgehog who can run at supersonic speeds. And on the other hand, you have an Italian plumber who walks around his work clothes and occasionally likes to dress, dress up like a, like furry animals on the weekend. I enjoyed both franchises growing up, but I'm curious on your thoughts. That sounds like the marketing for Sega back in the nineties. They were really leaning into that whole like generation X, like, Cool, slick, super fast, edgy—like we're the cool ones. Uh, you know, we got the fast hedgehog. That was totally their whole, <laughs> their whole marketing angle back then. And I think honestly, Mario came first. People were just used to him. You know, he's iconic. Wow. Uh, no, I think. But Sonic was I mean, very popular you might
1: be too. Right. You might be right, Bobby. But I think it was a better game. I think Mario was probably a better game. Really? Yeah, you can go really fast. In. Sonic the Hedgehog, but really you were just you know a lot of it it was on rails you weren't really controlling your character. It looked cool when you hit those bumpers Dude, we
0: didn't even know what that meant back then on rails yeah <laughs> we didn't care but you're I, completely i in do not agree
2: I think Sonic was, was better
0: yeah you think I, so? I think so too, and yeah. obviously like cooler. i don't, i don't know if I quite. I I think in the long run, like, yeah, maybe Mario is more popular, but back then I remember my friends got a Sega and I had a Super Nintendo and I was just like, oh, they got the cool system. They got Sonic and like, uh, all the commercials were, was it when they were doing like that Sega, like at the end they would say Sega a little (laughs) loud. Yeah. And, And then like Super Nintendo tried to counter with like the play it loud or something like that. Or maybe that was like, yeah, no, I think that was Super Nintendo, but everybody was trying to be edgier than the other back then, but I I did feel like like the general consensus was like Sonic was like this new cool thing that came out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the Sega Genesis was the first whatever console and gaming thing that I got. Um and I remember I really wanted like Super Nintendo and I had a friend that had Super Nintendo and I'd go over to her house all the time and her and I would play uh Mario and Duck Shooter. <laughs> like it was such a blast. But then I loved my Sega Genesis. I played the shit out of Sonic. Like and I played with all my friends and yes Sonic was really big and then finally when you were able to be Ninetales and Knuckles, oh my God. Get out of here. There was so many different uh awesome ways to play and especially with your friends and oh yeah i loved sonic the hedgehog but you know what though i feel like why mario's more ex- like more acceptable is because he's more relatable i think there's a lot more plumbers out there that want to dress into furry <laughs> outfits than there are people trying to be a hedgehog you know yeah, could be. So, <laughs> he's just more relatable that's what it is
1: <laughs> i will say yeah he's definitely i mean sonic's way cooler um bobby i had a, a third contender I did not have what. Well, eventually got a Super Nintendo, but I didn't have the Sega Genesis. I didn't have the Super Nintendo. What did I have, Bobby? Do you know?
0: What like a Neo Geo or something?
1: Mm, there was one more. Do you know what it's called? I'll give you the their version. He was Jaguar. No. Uh. Uh. It was Bonk. Bonk was the uh, their main character. It's like a. It was a caveman with a huge head. It hit people with his head. That was their like. <laughs> mario Anyway, it was a turbo 16 oh, never okay. heard of it yeah the uh, it was the first thing it was the first 16-bit system so it came out i think when the 8-bit ones were out or like it was the first one to market we me and my friends that had them we loved it i mean we our shit looked fucking dope like our, we were at 16 bits when everybody was at 8-bit like it was fucking awesome and the games were good like i really loved my uh turbo graphic 16 and the uh the games were little credit cards um and so you just fucking i mean how fucking high tech is that compared to your cartridge bullshit
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right Warconius has a question here Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume 1 which includes 1, 2, and 3 is coming out on Steam in the fall nobody
1: cares Warconius nobody cares Uh,
0: any interest in playing any of these classics apparently not (laughs) rumors are that Volume 2 will be Metal Gear Solid 4, 5, and Peace Walker uh, would you uh, all be down with me assigning metal gear solid four to play the cutscene about how to perfectly fry an egg must be watched and experienced. So metal gear solid four, I re- I remember that being the game changer. I never played any of these games, but I do. I, I remember four being a big deal. That was the one where they would seamlessly cut from a, a cut scene into the game and back and forth. And that was also the one that I think first showed uh solid snake as like aged and it was kind of like, uh, I don't know if it actually was, but they were kind of marketing it as his like, like, you know, like the Indiana Jones movie coming out. It's like his last adventure, you know. Um, So it it felt like it was a a closure or an ending to this series. And of course, they would go on to make many, many more. Um, But I remember that game being a big deal. Still never played it, but I, I would be interested in it. I probably about two or three years ago, I really wanted to play the first one. And I was asking around on what's the best way to play it, and everyone on said Nintendo? the first Metal Gear Solid. No, on PlayStation.
1: Oh, the first Solid. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Metal Gear was Nintendo, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. But okay. I'm talking about Metal Metal Gear Solid. Got it. So, and everyone said like the best way to play it is honestly on an original PlayStation. Um, you can do the emulator, but it's not gonna it's not gonna quite be the same. Um. And I ended up going the emulator route. And I I started it a little bit, but I didn't continue it. Uh, but I've always been curious. I've only played one Metal Gear Solid game in my entire life. And it was like the really short one that came out, of, I don't know, five, six years ago. But I've I've never really dipped into this series. And I, I got a feeling it's not for me because it's just a very console game. But I, I don't know. I'd give it a shot.
1: It's one of those things where you... you... Again, lightning in the bottle with that one. It's like um, perfect place, perfect time. Uh, I don't know any other game that ever used the hardware against you or used the the hardware for the storyline. Like, that shit was crazy, dude. Like, okay, Psycho Manus can read your thoughts, so he knew what you were going to do before you did it, so you couldn't beat him. So you had to get on the you have to turn your controller upside down. I think that's what, how you killed him. Or you go on the second controller and you kill him that way. And then he would talk shit. He would read your save files on your card and be like, Oh, you've been playing fucking Sonic warriors or whatever, dude. And you'd be like, Oh, what the fuck? Like,
3: <laughs> it yeah, was crazy, wild.
1: dude. Like, how can you possibly get that in an emulator? You can't. And, and plus everybody knows that that happens at this point. So, um, it's just really, really interesting. Nobody's ever done it. There was, there was. I had a dragging breeding game on uh, on PlayStation, and their big claim to fame was the save files that you had on your memory card. Uh, for those that are not a hundred years old, uh, you had these like little, yeah, they looked like Game Boy games, and that would be your memory card. What was great about that is you could take it to your buddy's house or give it to your buddy and he can like copy it over and have your save file and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but um this dragon breeding game uh said unique unique dragon eggs uh based on your save files from other games so it would generate like so that's the only two times I've ever seen those things happen and it, it was fucking super sweet both times
2: that's pretty cool
1: yeah I mean what's the equivalent today that like I don't know if, if some game made me turn my mouse around, it wouldn't be like, I would have be like, okay, there was a,
0: Maybe. there's a few games that try to like act like they, they're reaching out beyond the game. Um, was it Pony Island? Uh, yeah. Pony Island from the, um, the guy who designed or developed inscription and also super hot does that as well. Yeah. And a little yeah. bit of hotline Miami too. I really got to play VR. breaking out. the fourth wall. Uh, right. I think
2: there's some other games I'm trying to find which one it is. There's a game that I played that kind of does that crazy shit where it's like when you beat the game it um it it was like it was such a scary and it would not super scary but it was a really cool puzzle game and when you got to the end of it there was a screen where you were looking at and it was your desktop of whatever you have on there while mm-hmm. you're in the game. And then when you closed out of the game, it had a hidden like photo file that it would like change your desktop to, which was really creepy. Yeah. I, do that. <laughs> so, um, I cannot find what that game was called though. Shit. It um, was...
1: but maybe this is the one Bobby. This is how you play Minogular Solid one right here with this collection. Uh, this is also right up. Nicholas is. Uh, this is all his shit. I think he has a Metal Gear tattoo.
0: Sounds about right. Yep. I would try. It. All right. Well, I think that's all our questions. Nope, uh, nope, nope. I have a,
1: has a question for Bobby. I have a
2: question. It's oh, a secret boy. question. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I got a DM uh, from White But Still Hip who wanted to ask me to ask you something. Uh, in relation to last week's, I know in relation to last week's episode and so he wants to ask he says Bobby last week I asked a question that assumed you hate stories and video games you said hate is a strong word but I'm pretty sure it's the right word here and I'm willing <laughs> to put some money on that so how about this. You name four video game stories that you like in the next 60 seconds, and I'll increase my Patreon donation by $10 a month. Ooh. And he's asking me because he wants me to call you out on your bullshit if it's wrong.
0: Wow. Okay. So I have to name four video game stories Yes. that, that I liked. Yeah, oh, you can't be shit seconds.
2: like Tetris.
1: Say, yeah, you're down to 50 <laughs> seconds.
0: Okay. Well, I can think of some, but I don't know if you guys are going to like these answers. <laughs>
2: Go for it.
0: Um, okay, definitely Jedi Knight or Dark Forces Two. Jedi Knight. Um, unfortunately, I really like the story from the first Command and Conquer with all the cheesy cutscenes. Um, uh, the first Walking Dead, uh, the Telltale Games. That was but, really good. And okay, and, and these are kind of cheating, but. Oh fuck, what's the name of the other Telltale game where it's all You're the, about uh... to run out
1: of time, dude.
0: Okay. Uh bah, 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 bah. I can't remember the name of that game. It's the other Telltale game with all the, the characters from You're like Alice awesome in Wonder, Wonderland. I can't remember the name. I, I can't. Think of another game. Um pop pa 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 Psh. <laughs> Single player <laughs> games. I should have said Bioshock. Bioshock Infinite. I liked. Ah, <laughs> oh, right, that is we'll, that
2: is a good one.
0: We'll see if he uh, gives it to you. Yeah.
2: We'll see all
0: right. Uh, but what is we'll that game like though? That. Seriously, like uh, it was the Telltale game. You know, with um, all the characters from the uh, fairy tales. Oh, um, Wolf Among Us. Wolf Among Us. Yeah, that was my favorite uh, of the Telltale games.
2: I never played that one.
0: I liked it Bobby, even better than season two of The Walking Dead.
1: Uh, your first two answers were like games when you played when you were like, pretty young. Uh,
0: yeah. I, yeah. And well, I know, I know those aren't good out, answers, but like, dude, that story. And it's so funny because when I think of Star Wars games now, I'm just like, God, they keep making up all these new characters that I don't care about and it's stupid. But then like at the same time, I'm just like, oh man, Kyle Katarn, like that guy, like that's that's a great character there, you know. Like, I, it's just <laughs>
1: Bobby. It's you that's changed, not the stories. I feel like.
2: Yeah, well, I'm I don't sure know if the I stories would consider have gotten Command better. And
0: conquer, but... yeah. Oh, dude, Command <laughs> and Conquer. I mean, what was great about that game is you you picked a side, GDI or Nod, and you got a different story on each side. But the stories kind of intersected. So if you played both sides, you got both parts of the whole story. So, it, and, it, and you
2: it, played both parts.
0: You got the whole story? I played the hell out of that. The first Command and Conqueror, that was like my favorite game back in the day. Mechanical Man. Come on, you guys know this. (laughs) (laughs) Do I need to play the song?
2: (laughs) Well, maybe that should be your song, your outro song. Uh,
0: It was. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) good. Oh, nice. But he cut it off before the weird part started.
2: (laughs) Savage, yeah. You got to do that
0: with the original
1: Star Wars song, too, because that gets really weird towards the end. Just starts going into like a jungle thing. All right, I think that is a show. What are we all playing next week? I ain't play shit this week. I did download some demos and I ain't get to them. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to play them tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, last Next Fest, I was I was not able to. Um, the demos were like restricted after Next Fest.
2: I hmm. will. Uh... I'll probably be playing, I'd like to play a little bit of some more Next Fest games as well. Any demos that are lingering over like the uh, hoverboard shooter that you recommended. Yeah. Um, That one I'm going to try. I also am going to probably realistically play a lot more Diablo 4. And then... (laughs) Uh, I also want to play Slayers X Terminal Aftermath Vengeance of the Slayer. I know hell of a fucking name. It's a boomer shooter that is like all about new metal because uh, I am hoping to do a crossover episode with Burn Division on his new metal Ooh. podcast about it.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Nice. Um, Echo Point Nova.
0: Yes, that
2: Echo the Point one. Nova. That's yeah. the one.
0: I, I don't know if I'm going to pick up BattleBit Remastered, maybe. I, I'm kind of getting over Diablo, maybe. I don't know. I say that, but we'll see if that's the truth. Um, so maybe maybe BattleBit. If not, I'm going to be checking out the new season of Deep Rock Galactic. And you know what's crazy is I was put on the spot with that question, so I, couldn't, I didn't have enough time to think of it, but I can't believe I didn't mention any of Sam Barlow's games, Her Story or Immortality. And all then, right yeah because those fair are point those are two of the best in my opinion uh, the best use of storytelling in games like really uh, one of the few instances where it actually works some of my answers like you know dark forces 2 like i know those aren't great stories but you know they're special to me because it i played them when i was young so i don't think those are great answers but good answers would be her story or immortality Check immortality
2: is amazing yeah i yeah. highly recommend immortality that that story game like kind of blew my mind the way that it worked and oh man i loved it i'm sitting there scrubbing every goddamn like real yeah. was like i'm gonna figure out every inch <laughs> of this story and it was so good it was awesome yeah i highly recommend those two you should those check out ones.
0: her story sometimes it's not a it's shorter than the other games you'd breeze right through it but
2: yeah, isn't it like you're searching uh, like I started videos. it and I just didn't like it as oh, much you, okay, like, so, yeah, yeah, I did try it, but I oh, it's man, like the first though. incarnation
0: of that whole idea like immortality is definitely I think the um, perfection of it like when you kind of figured out how to really do this well, but I, I don't know, it, it came out like almost 10 years ago. Now I wonder if I went mm-hmm. back and played it if I'd have the same reaction as I did the first time but when I first played it I was just like this is so clever.
2: It, and it is yeah like and, I mean it's super different the way that they go about it which I always really love and appreciate story games that are like that that kind of convey a story in a non-conventional way which is I think definitely what Sam Barlow did with that
0: yeah and Inscription that's got a good story too but anyway that's a that's an episode folks you want to sign us off
1: speaking for Bobby Amanda and myself um, Immortal Titties Thank you.